everybody, welcome to another episode of Adam Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adam Marcy. And as usual, well, not usual, I'm awesome, so that's pretty much what it is. It's just like, even awesome people get sick, and right now I kind of have a bit of a, a, a clogged head nose situation. But I powered through, I soldiered on, I got an asshole I wanted to get on this show for absolutely a while now, and realized that he was one of my fans. Which is kind of hilarious, considering I followed this dude, I don't know three years straight and then he got kicked off social media because well i said it before i'll say it again he's a dick but i fucking love him he's a genius at what he does like legit genius when i say this um cat mally really is here folks he's he's out of facebook jail he broke out he's been 14 months clean and sober according to facebook and he's on my show welcome to the show thank you very much really appreciate that thank you very much <laughs> I love the fact how part of you is just like I'm trying not to laugh really hard right now, but I really want to. <laughs> you have a you have an intro, and it's very important that people like to hear the little intro before my giggles start to happen. So pretty important. I swear to God, my cat is such a dickhead. He just literally spilled water everywhere. But yeah, God love that. Just, she, she just realized. But yeah, I'm not. Uh, fuck it. This is one of the things I do. Like with my intro, I love to like just give just a little bit away, and you being a listener know this. But I'm going to give them, like, just my view of why I'm a fanboy of yours. So I started following you. God, I was just engaged when I started following you. That's how long ago it was. I was I was engaged at the time. I'm not married. We broke up, like, six months after the engagement. But still, at that time, 2012, 2013, I started following you. I think Rosh Khan put you out somewhere, and you were like, yeah. And I was like, who's this Kurt fellow? I want to follow him. And then you were everywhere, and then all of a sudden, like, you disappeared for a while. I was like, where the fuck's this guy gone? And you appeared back online again. I was like, I'm going to re-add him as a friend, just see what happens. And then, I don't know how we, I think Shane connected us again. Was that it? Like, Shane commented, and you were like, dude, I'd love to, whatever it was. I was like, I'd love to get you on the show. And you're like, sweet, let's do it. Yeah, I wrote this, I wrote this long rant, and then you commented on this, you commented on this rant, and someone else commented on the rant, and you're like, we should have you on the show. And I'm like, I'd love to do that. And we are here today. Yeah, here we are. Crazy times. Social um, media's the crazy so, stuff. Social media is all in the place. Seriously, now I've got the whole bit from Key and Peel stuck in my head, which is brilliant. But anyway, kind of jumping off that point more than anything, just a real quick shout out to our sponsors for the start of the show because I realized I didn't actually do that. Uh, go check out storysellingemails.com. I will be teaching you how to write better emails than anyone else in most, well, all industries. And yeah, fuck it. I'll take that claim. Bring it on. I'll do the Pepsi challenge. Bring your email versus my email. See what happens. I'll guarantee you my system will work. Uh, also, uh, sponsored by Smag2 or S-M-A-G numerical2.com, which is Kurt's site, which has a bunch of social media ad genius stuff, uh, which I'm sure... Wait, have you put your course back out there? Is that still out there? Is that still a thing? Yeah, guys, go buy it. Never stop selling it. Yeah, yeah please go buy it. Not because like yep. it needs anything. It's just... <laughs> trust me. Um... Your, your IQ for ad creation goes from, uh, let's just say, average to Einstein. Or in this case, because of the conversation we had, Walter O'Brien. Um, <laughs> except for the only difference is we can actually prove it. Uh, and you actually have a piece of paper with it. That's why it's called social media ad genius. Very important. <laughs> that's, that's the law. This is why it's always in front of me, right? This is very, very important. Einstein and geniuses are very important. This How is why I miss that? I, I literally missed that the entire time. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to blame it on the cold. I'm just going to be like, that's what it is. It's all right. My, my vision's blurred. But anyway, so Kurt, tell me a little bit about you, man. How did you get into, like, social media anyway? Like, in a way that's basically ad management. So that is an interesting story, like you typical, well, like typical entrepreneurs. So I, uh, 
I was working in corporate America, worked for like Microsoft, did some consulting for Apple, um, all pretty interested, hated, corp hated corporate America, decided to get in the real estate market. And when I jumped in the real estate market, that was about 2007. So I kind of jumped in where the collapse was going on, but I had no idea. So I joined then at a time, you're going to love this. At the time then I joined, uh, as soon as I left my job within the next week, I, re I bought a second house in Phoenix, Arizona because I was on a website for Microsoft pulled out $30,000 equity out of my house, became a real estate investor, which I had no idea what to do. And I started teaching real estate education classes in uh, Austin for a network marketing company that would pay me $10,000 anytime someone joined the network marketing opportunity for real estate. Well, once that entire thing collapsed, I'm like, in well, I'm gonna, try to, uh, I'm gonna try to advertise on the interwebs. And literally a week after the collapse and I'm redoing my business, some guy that I met once had, uh, had me out for coffee. We sat down and I'm like, look what I can do for your small business clients. And he's like, I got lots of small business clients. And two weeks later, everything happens for a reason. He asked me to be on a radio show with him to talk about social media and online marketing like I had been doing it a month because there was some guy named Mike Dillard who was going to be on the radio show who had made like $35 million online and he didn't know how to talk about online. So if I was there, he wouldn't sound like an idiot. So... He invited me to this radio show and all of a sudden, fast forward 60 days after that, I'm running Mike Dillard's social media wow. and I, basically I go to this internet marketing party here in Austin and, I'm, and they're like, what do you do? I run social media for Mike Dillard and people are like, why don't you run mine? And now our list is kind of like a fast forward seven years is getting that later. It's kind of like a who's who and online marketing authors, speakers, sports teams, blah, blah, blah. So it was all... This is what I love, but also I'm going to like take it back just a second because there was a sure. fun little visual that came out of my mind when you joined the real estate thing. It's kind of like, you know, when you just walk, open a door, like a cartoon door and just fall out of a building. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's basically you, except for as you're free falling at the same time, there's other people around you like screaming. You're like, hey, this is a fun skydive, right? And they're like, they're like <laughs> what are you doing? Great. It's like, I love losing money. But mm -hmm. I want to like highlight on something here that you kind of like pointed to without meaning to, I guess, and it's the idea of using your referrals correctly and using mm -hmm. who you work with correctly because so few people do this. I know I was very bashful about who I worked with for a very long time, um, not because I was embarrassed because you know there's no there's no embarrassment there. I kind of turned down a couple of good gigs that I really shouldn't have because of uh, moral issues. But I'm like, damn it, moral issues. In there, doesn't so, it? Yeah. It's kind of one of those things. It's sucky when the money's so good and you're like, if this is a corporation, I'd be totally okay with it, but it's not. It's my thing and I'm not okay with it. Yep. Ah, oh, choice. But anyway, what I was saying was that the way that you actually introduced yourself as Dillard's social media guy, that immediately kind of looks at the elements of social proof, almost right off the bat. So you've got social proof, credibility, likability, and now you have something to sell at the same time. Well, what's interesting is it kind of a little intricacy of the story real quick is I didn't know Mike at all during that time. And he was just one individual that was just kind of interested in kind of the stuff that we were doing at the time. So what ended up happening was it completely changed my paradigm. just, you know, one person away. So he's like, Hey, why don't you come over and meet some of my friends? We'll get to know each other before we do any business together. Like, let's just, I didn't know I was going to do business with him. Yeah. So he invites me over to his house. There's six people over there. There's a catered meal. Well, I didn't know this that night he was launching the elevation group. Oh, wow. So we're having a conversation like this. I saw somebody make $165,000 in an hour, $250,000, dollars It got up to over $550,000. By the time I left there, 
at midnight and I rode home with his two business partners and I had never before seen anybody in my entire life sit there and drink a glass of wine and have some steak and just kind of talk like, you know, just kind of talk like you and I are. And every time they're hitting the refresh button, they're like, oh yeah, we just did another $80,000. And I'm like, it just changed my paradigm. It just changed. It just like, I, I, this, this is my home. This is exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life. How do I do more of this? Oh. And, uh, you know, that struck the passion and just ran from there. See, now you got me thinking about my first time that I actually experienced that. It was for one of my clients that I did, um, my big, my first big client, uh, was in the real estate market over here, 15,000 pounds for a full year's worth of training, right? Yep. I was getting paid 3% plus 3,000 pounds, so about five, five and a half thousand dollars at the time, since so 2008, 2009. Yep. Um, and 3% the first week of mailing. Mm-hmm. I remember getting a phone call. I've told this story so many times, but it's fucking true. Because like, I remember being, I was two grand in debt at the time. I had like two grand left in my business. That always works. Yeah. Yep. And I was 19. By the way, 19 years old, knocking on doors, doing door-to-door sales on 100% commission, having no clue what I'm going to do, do not have any qualifications from school whatsoever. Because I dropped out 17, all the other fun stuff. Uh, and I get a phone call from my bank going, could you make a payment today of 120 pounds? I was like, I will once I sell some packages. I'll be right back. So I'm going to go knock on some doors. Finish up one person saying no to me and screaming at me. I'm walking out. I get another phone call from my bank. I pick it up and they're like, could you confirm this is your name? I'm like, yeah, great. They're like, superb. Uh, there's just been a payment made into your account. We just need to confirm that you are who you are. And I was like, oh, okay. I thought like my mom put some money in my account or some shit. I don't know. Hung up. Got a call from my client. Hey, did you get the, did you, did you get a phone call? So yeah. Did they tell you how much? I'm like, no. I was like, do you have an ATM near you? I was like, I'm pretty sure I can find an ATM. It's not too far away from the city I live in. Okay, great. Yeah, uh, just letting you know that the stats came in the first week of mail-in. Uh, we did about £3.5 million worth in sales uh, from the ad copy that you wrote in the first week. We're going to rerun it again, but you only get paid for the first one. I'm sorry, that's the deal that we signed. I'm like, yeah, that's totally fine. Got home. I didn't even get home. I just went to an ATM. Checked my account. There's like eighty grand sitting in my account that's just been transferred over. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty much done. I'm, I'm going to quit my job now. <laughs> I remember going to the office to quit my job and my uh, managing director at the time sat me down and goes, don't do that. You want to keep going. I was yeah. like, why? He goes, because now you've got, you've got a safety net. Yeah. So I, I stuck it yeah. out for three more months during the coldest fucking winter, like the first of many cold winters um, that would plague the UK. But this is just the first one back in 2009, 2010. Um, and after that, I was like, yeah, fuck this. I, I've, I started hating wearing suits and I'm like, I thought I'd never get to the point where I hate wearing a suit. And I was like, I'm done. I'm out of this. But it's just really interesting and crazy. So something I do want to ask you, particularly when, so you focus, do you just focus on like social media in the sense of the paid ad side of stuff or do you run social media in the sense of like engagement through just organic reach as well? So uh, really a couple of things. Uh, one of the things we'll talk about over and over and over, I love this thing called math and facts. So stuff that I can control. So I don't really play the organic game at all. I basically look at Facebook for the organic game. Like if you, I know a lot of people who do, it takes some extra work, which is absolutely fine. But what's important is as we're running things, we have to look at this as a whole content production. Typically when you're running ads, depending on what we're looking at. So I'm not focused on the content to bring in engagement for organic reach. What I'm interested in is people posting, and I can dive deeper into this if you want to, posting on a regular basis because the algorithm will tell us what's relevant. And then we take that stuff and turn it into ads for literally a dollar a day. 
Oh my God, we are crushing it with a dollar a day. And it sounds really cheesy, but it's it's amazing. That, that Okay, way more in-depth. Go, you got the mic. I'm going to go wipe up this cat water situation thing before it fucks up my floor. <laughs> Thank God for hardwood floors. But what I'm going to do is I've got my headphones, so I'll be able to hear in. But yeah, just go. This is still recording. Yeah, which is, uh, oh, wait, which is interesting. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Before you do that, hold on. I'm just kidding. I have a training on this, by the way, as well, too. Meaning, like, I have a link. It's a free training. You can click a couple of videos, and it shows people how to do this step-by-step. Step. It's all inside of a messenger. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, do that. That would be amazing. I'll be up for all that stuff, and I'll put it in the comment section afterwards. Um, or in the show notes, really. Yeah, show notes. Fuck it. Show notes is what we're going with. All right, go. You're, you've got you've got the mic. You've got the floor. Perfect. Perfect. So essentially, here's what ends up happening. So, so many times, I'll, uh, since you're videoing this, this is great. I'm going to use a couple of a little different hand gestures and then give the video as a bonus or whatever. So if you're listening, you'll want to see the video as well too. But essentially, here's the way the whole thing works. What happens is, is a lot of people just run ads top of funnel. So I'm going to start from a really high level view. I'm going to talk about top of funnel, middle of funnel, and bottom of funnel. Now, the top of funnel is people who have never, ever, ever seen you before. So they've never been to your website. They've never seen your videos. They've never seen you. The middle of funnel we're going to talk about here in just a moment is basic retargeting. And essentially what's going to happen is with this middle of funnel is middle of funnel is once someone's already seen your brand or they've opted in, we're going to give them some additional content, just like writing emails to follow up to people. Right. And then the bottom part of it is bottom of funnel. Bottom of funnel would be someone who, who has gone through the entire process and has gone to the sales page or like add to cart page, but they didn't buy. So the very, very, very bottom of the funnel. Well, what happens is, is us as silly marketers, what we like to do is think that we are smarter than the Facebooks, even if we have a little bit higher IQs. And what we do is, is we create like 50 different ads, 20 different audiences, four different landing pages, six different versions of the button, trying to figure out how to get people to opt in. Now, if you imagine that all those processes are done top of funnel and people are going to test $20, 50 bucks, $100, $400. And essentially what happens, and you already know this, especially from just being a creative and writer, is 90% of your stuff isn't going to work. Like if, 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 if more, if, 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 if uh, uh, you have a higher percentage that it does, great. But 10% of your stuff is the stuff that's really going to work and that's the stuff you're going to scale. But not everything works. That's why you have to test. So if you set all your ads up top of funnel, like I just explained, all of a sudden, just to be very open, your retargeting starts being like a pig shit who just rolled in shit and is rolling in some other shit because if you really think about the logic, right, all of a sudden you're retargeting 90% of the ads that you cut out, so that doesn't make any sense. So let's so let's throw that out. That's what everybody chases for at first, and then they retarget, then they retarget bottom of funnel and try to make up all this stuff, and then they're, they're like a dog trying to chase its tail. So let's throw that ideology out. We're going to change the belief system a little bit. So what's first going to happen is we're going to talk about bottom of funnel, right? So someone goes to the sales page, they add to cart. Like that is the closest person to goal. So the thing I start thinking about is, okay, what do I want someone who visited my sales page to see? Like they got four or five emails, they've landed on my sales page. What do I want them to see? So for example, I want them to see four different testimonials, just, just in this example, right? right. Um, each testimonial, one's going to be one minute, and the other one's going to be three minutes, or just video testimonials. So what I want to do is I'm going to say, okay, anyone who lands on my fan page, 
I'm going to set up four ads for a dollar a day for video views that are each one of these testimonials. And it's just going to retarget people who hit my, hit my page. Well, these four videos running for a dollar a day, most people are like, what does the dollar do? Well, what ends up happening is if I spend $40 here, let's just say I spend $40 here, right? You can see this in the video, but I can, I'll explain this in the audio. Let's just say that you have $40 here. Well, what's going to happen is Facebook's going to try to flood a bunch of traffic really quick and try to figure the whole thing out and spend that $40. Yeah. But the algorithm has 150,000 different equations that are inside there. And there are mad brain scientists and shit that work on this stuff that, dude, I don't know. You're smart. I have a PhD. It's a public high school diploma. I'm not really smart on this shit. So like I have other people that figure this out and here's what I mean. If you take those four videos and run them for a dollar a day to people who retarget to your page, Facebook's only going to find the perfect person at the perfect time to find that video. So I've spent like $7 in a day for one or $7 over a week for one video that's four minutes long, but it costs 10 cents to watch it for four minutes. Holy shit. Like that's, that's better than any kind of influence oh for copy God, that I fucking amazing. Uh-huh. And most people are like, but those four videos retargeting the sales page, like you have to make sure they see the same ad. Hey, buy now. They got to see that ad four or five times. No, 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 no. I can have four or five or six testimonials that are running in there and Facebook just a dollar a day. Facebook's going to find the right person at the right time. But here's the big deal. I have a client, for example, off of a Shark Tank and they sell shoes. Right. Now, the thing is, is their shoes sell for 40 to 60 bucks. When you look at bottom of funnel, we have optimized for conversion testimonials and product display ads, like right-hand side, newsfeed for a dollar. So a dollar a day optimized for conversion, he'll sell five to seven shoes a day. So mathematically, a dollar a day optimized for conversion should not produce hundreds of dollars in sales. Like it just, but it's like you strain Facebook so much, you're just like, just just a dollar a day and you're gonna like squeeze that perfect juice out so kind of wrap this whole thing up which is interesting what i do is i focus on all the bottom of funnel stuff first right i figure what's the store i want to tell bottom of funnel first thing that i set up most people do it last the second thing i'm going to set up is this what i call hot seven so i retarget people every conceivable way and i have a training on this happy to give it to you it's free training I retarget people every conceivable way for seven days. So for example, if you watch one of my top of funnel videos, you watch it for two minutes, you spill over to my middle of funnel. If you go to my website, if whatever, it is literally every conceivable way that I can retarget for seven days. You watched a video, you engaged with the post, you went to my fan page, you went to my website, you became a lead, whatever. I don't care. Every conceivable way it builds a spider web. And I create one saved group. It's called my hot seven. So anybody who engages inside that hot seven is going to keep on seeing my content for seven days. It's like emailing the opens on a regular basis, right? Right. So what happens is now is I was just working on this before I talked to you. I have... 15 videos that are playing right now for a dollar a day to my hot seven audience. So if you can imagine, I have this audience hot seven, right? And what happens is, is I have 15, di 15 different videos. I'm uploading another 10 right now. They all run for a dollar a day. So I'm spending 15 bucks a day on videos. But what happens is you'll see, like I did, a, I did a Facebook live with Brad Costanzo, for example, from uh, bacon wrap uh, uh, business. It's 20 cents to have someone watch Brad and I for 13 minutes. And I just spent $7 for the week. 
So if you can imagine what happens is, is I like to do video interviews for people to get to know me. So I'm not forced to make the opt-in work top of funnel. So what I would like to do, so for example, you and I would do a Facebook Live for 15 minutes. I would literally run that top of funnel for $5 a day. That's it because I have all these diversified videos. So if someone watches us, great. If they watch us and click, great. If they watch us and click and become a lead, oh my God, that's even bonus. But if someone watches you and I for three or four minutes, then they spill into this hot seven audience. Now all of a sudden, this is called, I'm gonna have a content funnel and an ad funnel, but my content funnel, it's a dollar a day. So now you're just watching me and you see this ad for our social media ad genius product, cool. But then you're gonna see an interview from me, a day later, you're going to be scrolling, seeing a second interview. Then you're going to see a third training video, a fourth video. And overall for the week, you'll see me four or five times in different types of content. Could care less if you watch or engage. But it's if you watch, it. it's pennies. And if you watch or engage, you retarget another seven days as I just keep on adding content. Dude, it's, if you watch my stuff, you will see me appear everywhere. And as I use my personal page and the fan page, as long as you watch even just a little bit, you'll never stop seeing me. And I spend very little money to make that happen. Wow. See, I love that. I just love that as an ideal because if you put it correctly, you're also getting rid of banner blindness. Because you run the same, if you run the same ad, after a while it becomes boring, especially with people that have low um, attention spans, which unfortunately and kind of fortunately, marketers and advertisers do and our target audience usually does because they're kind of like uh yeah can get to the thing and you're like every day you're giving them something new in a different way even if it's just like changing your shirt that gives them a whole different credibility Which... so the, the interesting thing is is the algorithm's so smart like i say this in my stage presentation you know there's 150,000 different equations to it um i show this video and i'm like here's why i'm so excited about video and I, you know, I have a whole training on this happy to give it to you what it basically is is this There's just so much that you're going to be giving away at the end of this one yeah well it all it actually i'm working on a bot so people can click through it and they can make their own decisions and, and do what they want but what uh uh, uh i just lost my train of, i just lost oh stage, so stage here's what's happening is three years ago zuckerberg posts on his personal page hey look what our ai can do with video Three years ago. So, you know, in the world of technologies and the Facebook lands, like that was decades ago, yeah. right? In technology standards. But three years ago, Zuckerberg puts up a post and I share this post. There's a GIF image that basically shows literally a video for four seconds. There's four different videos. And within a second, there's a couple of different lines of code at the very top of the video. So it will show you, oh, this video plays for half a second. In a quarter of a second, it can identify that there are four men underwater with four different color water caps playing underwater water polo with a green ball. So they can suggest that video in a suggested video feed of someone who's interested in that content. What? The that shit. was three years ago. Yeah. Now so it's no one's still running. So no wonder we're running videos for a dollar a day that cost us 10 cents to have 20 people watch it for half the video. So for example, you said, you know, because of our short attention spans, right? And I kind of buy into that a little bit, but right now for us, what we see for our clients, if you can write some great long form copy for an ad, you'll crush it versus two or three sentences. Here's the other thing, videos. Right now I have this bot camp that I'm running and promoting like the six week learn bots and ads. And essentially what happens is I'm like, you know what, what we haven't done in a long time is let's just upload the entire presentation. It's 93 minutes. It's the entire webinar that people opted into. Well, I've spent 
$30 so far. That's it. I've spent $30 in the last 48 in the last 48 hours because I wanted to test this. We've had nine people who have watched the entire thing on their mobile device. So literally 90 minutes where people were like, hey, short attention spans. No, no, no. Facebook found the right person to literally hold their phone there for nine for 90 minutes and then click and go to the site. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's cheaper than me getting an email, follow up, have them attend the webinar and go. It cost me $4 to get someone to watch that entire thing. Why the f am I just not just doing this? Yeah. What's really funny about that is I'm going to not retract because I don't believe in retraction. I'm actually going to also add on to the whole thing that you just said. People have attention, short attention spans based on what they're not interested in. And unfortunately, yeah. your, your, your formula, what it does is it forces Facebook to find the person that has the right attention span for what you're looking for. It's That's kind of like algorithm. finding a mega fan. Yeah, it's finding a mega fan. In a, that yeah. is fucking genius. You know, the, the interesting thing is, is I was sitting. It, it's and it's great for the ego, right? Because lots of people for marketing is great for the ego. So I'm at this internet marketing event here in Austin. It was this 10 year anniversary. These friends of mine have this internet marketing company, and and we're at this VIP event. And there's another guy who runs a ton of traffic there. Uh, guy's name's Vince Reed, and we're sitting there talking. And I tell him about wait, the strategy. Think, wait, 12 month millionaire Vince Reed. Uh, I'm not quite sure. Maybe that could be one of his. Does he teach online? Yeah, like he did this whole thing like years and years ago called the 12 month. I could be confusing him, but continue on. Sorry, I just could be South California. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were talking, and he's like, he's like, man, I'm just seeing your stuff everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't really spend much money on it. What do you mean? And I explained the process of a dollar a day, and what so many people will do is they'll turn on a bunch of traffic top of funnel, and then they retarget middle of funnel. Like, did you opt in? Did you opt in? Oh, fine, I'll run a boost post. <laughs> but what we're talking about is just having content that Facebook's going to find you exactly where you're supposed to be at. I really believe, and I'm testing this right now. Like, actually, I'll give you a perfect example. I'd even log in and show you my screenshot. We've spent $1,800 so far on this bot camp, and so far, just early bird pricing just ended. It's brought in uh, over $10,000 in revenue. Holy crap! And I'm only retargeting my middle of the funnel. Only. I haven't even targeted a cold market. So this is just people who watched additional videos, came in, watched all this dollar a day stuff, decided to have a webinar and just targeted just that audience. And uh, yeah, I mean, put in a dollar and make seven bucks. I mean, I don't think it's too bad. Uh, yeah, no, not at all in the slightest. You know, just how dare you come in here with your with your weak funnel and conversion rates. By the way, uh, by the way, there's no opt-in page. I haven't created an opt-in page because I'm using these videos and bots. I haven't created an opt-in page in six or seven months. I can't write copy to save my life or follow-up emails. So that's why I'm amazed by people like yourself. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, I find it funny because it's we, we basically play on the same field, more or less, but we're just at different places. See, I'm actually going towards where your world is. Because I'm finding I'm better on video than I am on um, just written posts. I mean, granted, I can be far more vulnerable on written posts because I'm not, like, filtering my own brain. Because you know how some writers have that problem where when they start writing, they can filter themselves and they go back and edit shit? Yeah, I don't have that problem. I have no idea what you're talking about. So many people ask me, they're like, do you ever edit your stuff? You look like you write, like, a fifth grader. Yeah, no, I've never gone back and really read it. No, yes, I agree. Same. No, I'm saying that the only place I do that when I'm talking about emotions and shit is when I'm talking to someone on the phone or if I'm face to face with them. Like if I'm going through like a shitty time and someone goes, hey, how are you? I'm like, yeah, I'm good-ish. 
And they're like, okay, we gotta dig deeper with you. It was like, yeah, I'm actually in a really bad way right now because you just like, come give me a hug. And they're like, yeah, we'll give you a hug. We're fine. Why didn't you just tell me that? It's like, because I have no idea how to say this to you with words. I can do so, it if I write it down. If, if you don't mind, I gotta tell you a quick story here. Oh, that, definitely, I, dude. It, it, it's, it's one of my favorite stories and it can, this can really clarify, especially for the video stuff. And it's just people's own shit in their ears, whatever. But let's talk about potential. So two and a half years ago, two years ago, yeah, two years ago this time is in September. Um, someone came to us and they're basically like, "Hey, look, I got this program. It's called helping it's hurting uh, helping hurting moms, hurting hurting moms mending hearts." I always get the name wrong. Um, and basically, what it is is it's this group support group for mothers whose kids are addicted to drugs, strung out on the streets. So the thing is, is this quick story is 15 years ago, this woman had started this group, which is kind of like the support group. Say, hey, you're not guilty, alone, and ashamed. And 15 years later, one of the group members walks up to her and says, oh, my goodness, you changed my life. You should do this on a regular basis. So they come out with groups. They come out with self-help books. So basically imagine that they have the self-help group that has self-help books and um, uh, the kind of teaching groups, right? Right. Here's the deal. No one wants to like a fan page that says, my kid's strong on the street, addicted to drugs. I feel guilty, alone, and ashamed. I'm called a hurting mom. Right. Yep. And you may know this, but moms and parents will spend $60,000 on their kids for rehab, but they won't buy a $20 self-help book for themselves. It just doesn't work that way. So what we decided to do is let's tell some stories through video. And when we do that, let's give the people two choices. Hey, you can either join an online group or if you're ready, help start an online group or a local group to help support local. So now they're buying stuff in bulk. But to bridge that gap, it has to be all about stories. And they have no money for copywriting, follow-up, follow-up funnels, anything else. So two years ago in September, I gave them a step-by-step guide. And this is actually the perfect link I can give you, which is smag2.com forward slash live, L-I-V-E. But what happens is, is we show them step-by-step how to do a Facebook Live. Their second Facebook Live ever was 12 minutes. It's three women telling a story. They're church ladies. They have their phone set up. They have no script. They just follow my process. That is it. Same process we've helped people become a New York Times bestselling author, blah, 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 with Facebook Lives. Nice. For $20 to $30 a day, depending when they want to change their budget, that Facebook Live has been running since September 2016. It has not stopped. Wow. There are over 5.5 million views to that video at just $30 a day that has produced hundreds of thousands of clicks that has gone back to their site, which has turned into thousands of leads because their opt-in rate's like 5%. But literally what happens is, is imagine that video running for two years, it spills over to all these other videos. Now they have thousands of people who watch all their Facebook lives. But the video has been running two quick things is for two years. The second thing is, is because of just like what you've done, we've listened to the story and we've been talking here for 40 minutes, is essentially, Facebook will find the right people at the right time. So you should see there are over 10,000 comments that literally say pretty much this. Oh my God, I was laying in bed praying about something like this, scrolling through videos, and I found this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So when done right, oh my God, literally, you can be running these videos for years and people just find and trip upon them and... How many people do you know stop and start their funnel a year, right? These are church ladies that are getting thousands of leads from just 20 bucks a day. 
Oh yeah, dude. I I find it as a fucking pandemic right now. Oh, I you I wrote uh, I got a great ad written. It's like a really good converting funnel. Yeah, it's been running really well for six months. Uh, I need to change it. Why? Oh, uh-huh. because I want to try something new. I think. Uh huh. What? Why, yeah. why? Why? It's it's the same thing. Like I have a rule with any client that comes to me to work with me because for some reason I've turned into the hail mary of most people's businesses, which is I, they come to me when they're right at the bottom line. I'm like, oh yeah, no, this is a fix. Fix it, change it, they make millions, great, good stuff. Or they make hundreds of thousands, get their ass out. What's hilarious about this, A, is the is the people that you'd never expect it to be in. It is, and it's really hilarious. 100%. Uh, and the second part, which is because it proves they're human, it's fine. But the second part, which really makes me laugh, is when they're like, yeah, I'm going to change the final over just because I'm like, rule, rule number one, or rule number three, really, because rule number one is don't talk to me while I'm writing. Uh, rule, <laughs> rule number two is I will call you the one word in America that you can't call most people, which starts with C, ends with T. Uh, yep. And it's completely fine over here in the UK. So I that's my contract. And the third thing is uh, don't stop running what you're running right now to make money. Like, don't abandon everything and put your hopes and dreams on me because at that point, it's too much pressure. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. So like when they're like, oh, I want to test a new funnel. Like, has the other funnel made you over a million dollars yet? Yeah. Then why are you fixing something that's not broken? Stop. Just let it run. Go focus on something else. If you're bored, go jerk off into a sock. And yes, I have said that to women before. I mean, you know, the interesting thing is, is uh, there's a good friend of mine. He's been in the infomercial business for over 20 years. And I love the infomercial business. Ever since I was a little kid, my babysitter once told me, hey, I don't know. You're kind of a weird kid. You just seem to watch infomercials and care less about regular TV. I'm fascinated on the sales process. But when you really look at what those guys do, Ron Papill, you know, the the Ron Papill grills, you know, you run it for 25 years until it stops. And people are like, I know, but the set design should be changed up. No, you just... You keep running it literally until it doesn't doesn't work cool. anymore, and just most people just don't do that. You're right. They're like, I want to change the button. Actually, can I change the email? Three months later, fifty different things are changed. Offer doesn't work, and they're like, Oh, offer doesn't work anymore. No, not stupid. You done now. Fuck that one up. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, my thing is like, I'm I'm one of those perfectionists. I can do this for everyone else. When I sit down to do it for myself for my course and stuff, I'm like, I've spent literally two years, the better part of two years developing a course which is essentially the encyclopedia of turning you from a very shit level copywriter that doesn't know what's real like you know they don't know what's going on um to being at least a c or a b class copywriter inside like five days one hour a day i can get you that it's fucking easy because like my formulas are really laid out for you to understand because they're scientifically researched and shit though i don't ever talk about that stuff but it's fun but the reason i bring this up is I've sat down and I've gone, okay, what webinar sequence can I use that's in my head of all the formulas I have or whatever it is, what's the best practice I can use simply so I don't ever have to touch this again. I want to get it done once, make sure that it works, get to the point I'm actually happy with it. Oh, for every dollar I spend, I'm making $2 back. Okay, that's cool. That's fine. Don't touch it. Just let it run. Okay, I'm bored. Let's go try something else. Okay, our conversion numbers have dropped. Okay, let's try something new. Until that point, no. I'm not touching it. But it's funny that you should say this because uh, you brought up a really interesting point about watching um, old school direct sales stuff, like Home Shopping Channel. Like, I don't know if yeah. you know my story though, right? A little bit. Yeah, my a dad basically watched the Home Shopping Channel with me at like when I was five, six, and seven for two years, for two hours a day, six days a week. So like I got all that Home Shopping Channel shit put into my head for like two years completely by accident. So that's why I love like selling so much. 
It's like, I actually, my dream, this is my dream, and I'm going to do this uh, once I have the finances too, because I've got to, like, fund this properly. I want to actually do, an inf- like, a web infomercial. Uh-huh. For, like, old school, like, honoring, um, what was it called? Billy Mays, just honoring him, and doing an old school internet advert for, like, one, or info product advert for one of my products, and just have it out on the desk, and, like, do the whole high-pitched voice yelling thing, the, the you know, undulates at different points. Do you know, uh... Do you know Ron Lynch? Does that ring, name ring a bell, yeah. bell at all? Yeah. So Ron's the infomercial friend that I was talking about. So I mentioned earlier in the call where we did a, a social S M A G two, you know, dot com forward slash live. Yeah. Um, that I actually did a, a forty five minute interview with Ron for that very reason. Wow. So basically, what happened is, is it's basically my lead in product. It comes in. I think it's uh, what we have it. It's forty seven bucks. People can get forty seven bucks and then get social media ad genius for free for thirty days. Like it's, it's just no brainer to make it easy, but basically what it is is I show people the step-by-step scripts of the Facebook lives that I mentioned with the, with the ladies. And then I show the onboarding process and we onboard people exactly how to structure those videos. And then I'm fascinated with the old school stuff. So I had Ron that came on, talked for 45 minutes about how he creates marketing hooks online, stuff like that. And as you can see, a whole 45 minute interview. And then the interesting thing is, uh, well, uh, uh, I just filmed uh, an infomercial with him uh, two weeks ago, and basically what he did, and I recorded another five-minute video. I'm going to release this today. I haven't released this one yet. And basically what it is is uh, he has this breath rocks, and these breath rocks thing that uh, uh, they're kind of like pop rocks, but they're breath mints. Right. So he did a 15-second spot and a 30-second spot where essentially it is my girlfriend in his Porsche, uh, and then I am a cop, and I walk up. And the whole point is, is it's a 15 or 30 second little commercial to make people laugh. Watch how this cop gets breathalyzed by driver um, because of my nasty breath. That's kind of the whole deal. Uh, That goes into a 15 second, 30 second commercial and then goes into a longer form sales letter. So I have the actual 45 minute interview with Ron, an eight minute interview with Ron talking about how he does the smaller, um, the smaller videos for infomercials that lead into the longer ones. And then uh, even the script step-by-step on how it happens. Yeah, I am fascinated on the infomercial space for running these Facebook lives and videos on on Facebook. It's killing it. Those guys are fucking crazy. Now, I'm just going to take a quick second because uh, you mentioned this earlier and I kind of want to bring it up. And that is our good friend Brad Costanzo. Yep. And um, Talk to him later today. Yeah, you are. Tell him I said hi and also tell him I got that post done. And I'm going to actually tell you that post on here because you kind of mentioned it without mentioning it earlier. Um, but Brad's a cool dude. He's got bacon wrapped business. And you and I were talking about like, cause I was going to get chick. I got chicken wings before the show just as like my pre-show ritual. It's like chicken wings. Then you have to pee like three minutes before the show. My cat has to do something annoying. And then it's like, Hey, showtime, let's go. Yeah. Every time it's really weird. I'm, I don't know how he's going to do it. Cause I've got another podcast that like, and in the next 40 minutes, he's just gave me the most evil look ever. Like one eye was like half shut and the other one was like mean mugging me. It's ridiculous. Anyway, what I'm getting at is, uh, so the thing that Brad and I had this whole conversation about was why entrepreneurs shit for so long. In, in actual fact, the truth is why men shit for so long. Men spend like an hour on the toilet seat. Just We're done in 10 minutes. We spend like the remaining time just on our phones doing other shit. Like it just feels nice. I'm not going to deny it. It just feels nice. You're like why? I don't know. Um, I, wrote, I wrote this entire post called Why Entrepreneurs Take Long Shits. It reminds me when you're like, yeah, they watched the full 93 minute video on their phone. It's like 
They weren't walking. They were just sat on the toilet. The right time. <laughs> yeah. Just like, fuck, my legs are numb. I can keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's very interesting. That's true. <laughs> that's 100% will, See, prediction, because Adol's going to call this now, there will be a time when ad agencies like Facebook or ad providers like uh, Facebook, Google, so on and so forth, will be able to tell when you're actually on the toilet and serve longer videos to you while you're on the toilet, like scrolling. I just feel like that's going to be a thing. They're just going to know. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Yeah. yeah. Like some, there'll be some gonna... geotech, there'll be some geotechnology, they'll know the layout of the house, and if you're sitting there for a minute or so, yeah. I, I'd say that, or I'd even go one step further and say, they're going to do it through like a BuzzFeed quiz. Like, tell us something and we'll tell you exactly how long you sit on the toilet and or tell us how long you sit on the toilet <laughs> and which movie you are or something like that. And people are going to be like, yeah, this is hilarious. I wonder what movie I am. Fill out this information, get sold off. And now you're like, why am I watching a 93-minute video of this guy called Kurt Malley? He's just showing me like Facebook stuff and like stuff that's going to change my life. And I'm here for the entire 93-minute thing. It, it happens. I, a man can dream. Pervertedly, yeah, but he can dream. True. It's true. But yeah, dude, I gotta ask because I can literally talk to you all fucking day. Um, and I probably will one day, which is gonna be fun. Uh, but I did want to ask you something real quick that I love asking on the show. And it's so the first question is because uh, three real key questions that I love, and I'm trying to remember the fuck they are. Oh, that was it. So if you had to pick, th- well, are you a reader or are you like auditory video movie person? Do you like to read or do you like to watch shit? Uh, really all of the above. I don't really meet, I don't really read a lot of books, but like I'll wake up in the morning. I'll read a lot of technical stuff, online news updates, stuff like that. And then training stuff, consuming, consuming videos and audios. Cool. All right. So here's my question for you. Cause I was like, how far do I phrase this? Cause like he might not be a reader and I'll just fuck my question up. So I'll ask him ahead of time. So here's the question. Uh, if you could pick two nonfiction books that have changed your life, and one fictional movie and uh, one fictional movie slash book that also changed your life. What would those be? So uh, typically the entrepreneurial ones. So rich dad, poor dad, nonfiction. Okay. Right. I guess it's kind of sort of nonfiction. Um, a four hour work week, just a different paradigm shift, which is Sweet. great. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the movie, the, the two movies, the one or two movies that always come to heart for me is uh, uh, it's the belief system and dreaming ability of uh, uh, Inception. Love that movie. Brilliant. And uh, uh, the emotional, the emotional, well, actually, uh, uh, two of them, the emotional toll of Braveheart or Dead Poets Society. Ooh. Those are the, yeah, Ooh. those are the, those are the emotional, yeah. I, 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 like I, love where head, I, I love where your head's going with that. Um... Shit, there was a movie that I watched recently that actually made me almost cry, and I cannot remember what it is right now. Oh, if you want to cry like a little girl, now that there's anything wrong with that, you gotta go see Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh my god, holy crap! It is revolutionary and amazing. Wait, as in the show from like the seventies? They did a doc- They did a documentary on him, and long story short, what ends up happening is he literally goes to be a uh, a priest comes back, turns on the TV, watches like three or four shows, and he's like, TV just came out. Why is everybody throwing pies in each other's faces and making fun of each other and dumbing down America? I think I can help kids just by just talking to them. And literally, like, his entire process is just, 
he really cared about kids. Like, you know, the little puppets that he uses, for example, that was never supposed to be part of the show. Yep. But during the time of the video taping, the tape broke of the live TV show. So Mr. Rogers took his hand with a little cheesy puppet, punched it through the wall, the canvas. And then that became that little chirping bird that was inside of a clock. That was just to help waste time in between a show. And his show just took off and revolutionized the way that people talk to kids. And I'm telling you, like, when you watch the movie, you're watching it like, I remember that guy. And I, and there are moments when there's racial divide in the country yep. that he's sitting there with people. Like, he takes on some huge assassination, takes on some pretty huge issues and a pretty big backlash right before he dies about uh, um, making kids feel too good about themselves and everyone should get an award trophy. Exactly. That was kind of the feeling. It's a, it's a great emotional roller coaster. So if you want to see something good about humanity and a good human being that lived, yeah, watch the... Yeah, no, dude, I fucking love yes. Mr. Rogers. I was watching something the other day by him about like how, again, the racial divide and how uh -huh. he basically, um, how he brought this, uh, was it Mr. Elliot or something? The, the officer Elliot and his wife, I can't remember. It was the officer, it was 100% exactly what we were talking about. It was the officer, it was the first time, and they were having big racial divides in pools, and it's the famous uh, episode of where uh, Mr. Rogers is sitting outside and said, hey, uh, Mr. Elliot, would you like to, uh, uh, Officer Elliot, would you like to take your shoes off and put your feet in the pool with me? So it was yeah. a symbolism of a white man and a black man together inside of the pool, and with Mr. Rogers, it was okay and cool. Yeah, and that was, like, really, I, I loved Mr. Rogers. He was just so cool about everything. Though, to be fair, that being said, what I find interesting is uh, TV back then was a little bit different. Like, have you seen Joseph Campbell's Power of Myth on Netflix yet? They've actually uploaded it on Netflix, which is great, but it's been around for years. Huh, what's it called? Power of what? Myth. Joseph Campbell. Huh. No, 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 Dude, no, no. you fucking love that shit. Basically, it's Joseph Campbell. So he did a series of interviews in the 60s and 70s and even the 80s. I think it was the 80s. Where he basically sat down and broke down over six hours what his process for myths and his ideals and how he came up with them and how like Star Wars was made and how like George Lucas came to him and he was like yeah no this is the actual character of how it goes because Obi-Wan I'm guessing you're a Star Wars nerd like I am I could be completely wrong but I'm guessing you are um what's it called Obi-Wan wasn't actually supposed to be this elder mentor like almost immediately he was supposed to be like a recluse that's like scruffy and doesn't want to be around Luke and what further bullshit but the characters and after uh, Campbell's input, it changed the entire paradigm, made him more of an older meant character that leads him down the pathway. So it's really well done. Um, and you'd love that. Mm. Anyone, anyone listen to this, fucking go watch it. You'd love it. So my second question, I'm going to jump into this. The only reason I'm doing this is because I know I'll go off onto like a fucking tangent. I'll never ask you this. Um, <laughs> this is what will happen. The second question I actually have for you is when you, I'm sure you've actually been that, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna phrase it in two ways, where you've either been completely knocked on your ass confidence-wise, and like you're like I don't know if I'll ever be able to recover and get up from this. It's one scenario. The second is I know I'm really good at what I do, but finances, life, and everything's in the toilet. I need a win, and I need to protect my confidence. How did you a get up from that shitty ass conversation that you were having with yourself and actually rise? And the second is what do you do to protect your confidence? I am story well i got a little story i got a short little story for this um uh, this for so what ends up happening is i'm in a 10-year relationship kind of frame this right we hadn't really talked about getting married things weren't really working out not that we really argued but it wasn't really interesting and just one of those things that just ends just happens yeah well my business was taken off like a hockey stick this is 2015 
So what I did is I've always dreamed as a little kid of living in Austin, which I live in now, and I always dreamed of having a place that overlooked the city. I looked at every single place that I possibly could. I knew I was going through this breakup. The business was doing well. We're going to figure everything out. It's just part of life. Signed a lease on the most expensive place that I have ever paid for my entire life. <coughs> and I still hadn't had to talk with my girlfriend at the time. After I signed the lease, three days later, Facebook shut down my ad agency. I had 14 employees. I could, I no longer had a personal account. I basically was served a cease and desist that said I had 12 hours to respond. This was June, uh, this was June 2nd, 2015 at 419 in the afternoon, which basically all my, uh, all the employees, personal accounts were shut down. My personal account, all the ad accounts that we had control over were, were not shut down, but we couldn't touch them. So it was like running in a race. We're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. And all of a sudden, day by day, we literally have no control of the handlebars, and we have to call all of our clients and figure that out. Over the course of the next two to three weeks, I come to realize that I'm going to be in this Facebook purgatory for a good long time while we work out these legal issues. I spent all my cash, $40,000 that we had, thirty dollars to $40,000 that we had for legal fees that drained us of all of our cash. We laid off all of our employees. I had to give my girlfriend of 10 years the speech, and I moved into an apartment that I knew that I couldn't afford. So why I laid on, why I bought sheets, actually I bought a duvet because I thought I bought sheets. Anyway, um, I tried to take out $20 for my sales guy that I borrowed money from. And I realized that I couldn't even take $20 out of my account. So I lay on a Sunday night overlooking the city as the sun sets crying because I lost my business. And I remember my dad told me a long time ago, at least I have 30 days before they kick me out. So I got 30 days to figure it out. So, we can call that a low point if we want to start from there. Yep, let's uh, go from there. Besides losing all my money in real estate, yeah. Because when you get sued by Facebook, it's like being sued by God. The people that I worked with at Facebook, they help run the Russian investigation. Like I'm drilling directly with partners at one of the world's largest law firms. Like this is, I'm not dealing with some like low level, like, hey, people are like, oh yeah, I got my ad account shut down. I'm like, oh no, you don't know. Like these guys like actually represent Zuckerberg. Like they're a big deal. So. I remember a speech that Mr. Ryan Dice gave years ago at the Internet Marketing Party. And years ago, what he basically said is he got a big tax bill and he cried about it for two days because he had to pay it. Cried about it for two days, didn't know where to come up with the money. And his wife basically said, look, you're Ryan Dice. You can cry about it for a day, but you always figure it out. That's what you do. And I thought about that as I lay on my air mattress looking over, my, over the city. And a good friend of mine, Telman Knutson, called me. Good old and... And uh, uh, it's all the history, right? Like I've only been doing this for ten, about 10 years, but just like that's a lifetime in this industry, as you know. And uh, I talked to Telman and I told Telman kind of the story, what's going on. I told him what Ryan Dice said. And he's like, Kurt, you're, you're Kurt Molly. Like lots of people want to know your information and your insight. You just got banned by Facebook. It's not really that big a deal. Like suck it up and you're Kurt Molly. You'll figure it out. It's what you do. And within 10 days, I sold $35,000 worth of consulting. And it always showed me, which is like, I know I live in an expensive place. And what I could do is two different things. This is just my mindset. It's my story, whatever it means to someone else. But for example, I live in an expensive place downtown. I don't save any money. Like I am here. Let me see if I can do this. You're not going to be able to, yeah, you're not going to be able to see this. No one else is going to be able to see that. You're going to be able to see this. I'm going to see it, but I'm going to not going to put this part of the video in. There. Holy fuck. That is beautiful. So that's one of my balconies. I have two balconies here and right above the balcony right here is a bar. So for example, when you come to town and there's a big event 
and there's 400 people in the bar and everyone's like, oh, hey, 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 I just say, hey, you want to come check on the most, the, it's the best view of Austin, hands down. We come hang out at the bar. It's a small place where you and I could have a conversation just like this where we don't get interrupted. That's priceless. So what I could do is I could live in a place that's less expensive, that puts more money into my pocket each month that then I save up to go on a cruise, whatever. I live in a little bit of expensive place where there's an infrared sauna downstairs. There's a pool. Garth Brooks literally plays the concert right outside here that I can watch for free from my balcony and they shoot off fireworks from here which that also means that I have to pay rent on a regular basis that's kind of an expensive rent, so I have to always be creative. So when I get down on myself, I know that I have a big deadline of bills coming up, and what's interesting, and you've probably seen the same thing, whether your expenses are here or here, not being over-rational, but it always seems to work out even when the expenses are a little bit higher, yep. and it makes me hustle just a little bit more. Yep. But the biggest thing is, most importantly, uh, to, to wrap up the question, is every single morning, I don't usually take calls until 11 o'clock. I don't start my morning at 8 a.m. rushing around. I don't do any of that stuff. The most important thing is the programming of your brain. I'm fascinated on the language and just brain science overall. So, for example, wake up first thing in the morning. What's going to happen is, is typically, uh, like I'm going to go out and get a get a coffee at Starbucks, which is right next door. But I want to be outside because visual stimulation of the trees and nature and everything else is going to highlight my brain in different areas and ignite different areas than four walls and a computer. Yep. I'm also going to listen to four or five mantras, which are motivational speeches to help me speak a little bit better on stage. And it also helps me get my mind straight and just remind me on a daily basis. How do I want history to remember me? Um, I have a great responsibility. It's like I, it, uh, it's, uh, I have a great responsibility to the future and the people about what I'm ready to do for today. And I'll listen through that and it helps catch my mind through that shit that we all go through. I'm not good enough. I don't know if this is going to be good. How am I going to do that? And it helps reprogram for the day. So even if shit's tight, like I know I know great people. I know I can pick up the phone. I know I can keep moving forward. But that daily walk, that no pressure before 11, that that constant listening to that those sayings over and over and over, um, it's powerful. It's Yeah. It's really you're important. Not, you, you're not going to have a short talk after this show, but just because it's kind of fucking hilarious to me. that you, Not hilarious in a bad way, but it's amazing to me because like when you were saying that i was getting an actual visual feed of what i wanted it's like how to shift your brain a little bit it's kind of interesting. Uh -huh. i'll share that with you guys later on like a post show or a blog post but you know go subscribe and ship or go watch a video i don't know it's all fun so my favorite question to ask and it's always this one thing and it always comes down to it used to be three things but now it's, we're going to narrow it down to just one yep. if there was one piece of advice Besides going to go check out all the crazy ass links you've given us today, because there are a lot, guys, go fucking read them all, watch them all, it's be amazing. Uh, I know I am. What would be the one piece of advice that you'd give to anyone that's in a situation where they're hitting either? Basically, it's a universal situation. They're either doing really, really well and they don't want to fuck it up and they want to keep being well. They they fucked it all up. They're actually like car crashed for a second. And they're making their way back around. Kind of all sorts sorts of areas, both sides of the playing field and the middle what universal advice would you give them for whatever reason? It could be anything. This is Kurt Malley's, like, I'm going to tell you this. Um, uh, stop spending all your money on Ferraris and drinking. It's very important. Uh, the main thing what it really comes down to is this. I think, I think, so my addiction and my bad habits that pay me well is I like to work with people who are just a little bit crazy, but they can really make a difference and really change the world, right? That's what that's what our entrepreneurs really are, right? And just like blowing shit up. I don't know why we do that. 
stuff like that. So what ends up happening is what I've seen so many entrepreneurs and I love like when I run these campaigns for some of these kind of who's who or whatever, you know, we really get to have some really great personal relationships and really got to pull behind the curtain and really find out who they are. We all go through the same shit, right? We just, the imposter syndrome, I don't know how this is going to work. What, what are we going to do? So in my personal opinion, I'll never leave Austin. I love Austin. Like I, I may travel, but there's the internet marketing party here. And for me, the internet marketing party is really where I got my start, which it means is there's a bunch of entrepreneurs that I can go chat with once a month. And it's critical for me. Now, that's a party environment where we get to just kind of hang out, have a drink, laugh, talk shit, talk shop that, you know, the rest of the world thinks we're kind of crazy. The other thing, though, is, is the deep conversations. That's why I live here with that bar up there. It's not because I love to drink at the bar. It's because we can do this right here. The deep, the deep conversations and asking for help is typically not what entrepreneurs do. What a lot of entrepreneurs do is they sit there all by themselves. I like to go out to the event once a month because, yeah, I'm kind of rubbing shoulders with some people. We're brainstorming ideas. That helps release some really good endorphins. That's great. But sitting down and talking to some people, perfect. I'll give you a perfect example. Sitting down and talking with Mike Dillard and really fostering those relationships where <clears throat> it's not that Mike and I hang out on a regular basis. We're pretty, I mean, I've known him for years. He helped me get started in this business. But when you sit down and you have dinner with someone like that and you buy dinner very graciously and I'm like, hey, Mike, I have a couple of questions. I'm unhappy in my agency. There's a couple of things that I'm doing wrong. I, uh, and Mike's like, hey, look, I, uh, I think you're 30 days away from that. Whole different perspective I had no idea about. What do you mean? He gave me an idea how to shift the business. So my personal opinion, any advice, first of all, the first thing is, is starting over sucks. So don't quit. That's the first thing, right? Second thing is, is if you can surround yourself with some entrepreneurs who are in your industry at least once a month. If you don't have an event in your area, even doing a meetup, something like that, just to be able to talk shop and trade some ideas, sometimes can release some different ideas and endorphins, what's great. The other thing is, is what I like to do is I like to either go out to dinner or I go, I, I don't have a car here in Austin anymore. I sold it. I'll go on a walk in the morning and I'll invite people to come over like my good friend, Josh Lee, and we'll have a really great conversations for a good 30 to 40 minutes. So if you don't hire a therapist, which I think everyone should, being able to talk through some of these problems keeps you outside of your head, but putting yourself inside of a room in this industry, just it's, it's a fucking downfall. Dude, why do you think I have this show? <laughs> this is as much for me. Like, why do you have a podcast? They're like, because no one in my area does this kind of stuff. Partially, I mean, uh, well, I'll I'll level out. I think I've told like this story only twice on my show. But the reason I actually do have the show is uh, back in 2012, 2013, Everyone was going through the I'm a guru and I'm going to show this one side of my life and how amazing and perfect it is. And I was like, I know you, you motherfucker. I know the other side. We had a call last week where you were crying. This 100%. is amazing. Like we had a great time on that, and you broke through. And I remember seeing just how happy you were a week later, and you helped me with some shit, and that was amazing. Yeah. And because I, I have a hard time crying, so like I try and put myself in as many situations since March this year, uh, in situations that make me cry. Because I cried like a fucking baby, uh, in March when I found why I'm alive, which um, we'll have a conversation afterwards about that. But anyway, the shift was. I wanted people to see this side of entrepreneurship. I was like, your audience is dying to see this because as far as they know, you're some like cry, you're some weird little geek or some weird little superhero that sat in a room making all this money with your face, with your like laptop and you go, you fly around and you jerk off in different hotel rooms. I don't know what you do. You might have some crazy stuff. Um, clearly I, I like saying the word jerk off a lot because I mentioned it so many times in the show today, but hey, fuck it, it's in there. Um, 
what I was going to say was like, so when I did the show initially, it was just more or less like, shout out to Marshall Wayne for actually trusting me to be my first guest and actually coming on board and playing ball with me. Cause I think I made a joke for 20 minutes about how he came up with ads, uh, ads and ideas by saying that he was like, yeah, I watch TV shows. Like, is that before or after a breakup? He was like, after a breakup, I was like, yeah, sat in the shower with popcorn, watching Netflix in the background. He goes, yeah, that's exactly how I come up with all my ideas. So it's like ridiculous shit like that. But the whole point of the show was find people who are authentic, show them the other, like show everyone the other side. It's like a fly on the wall during two friends. Because I guarantee if you and I met up in person, which I hope we will, um, I'm going to be like this with you. In fact, if we did a live together, it's going to be like, they're actually like this. If you met me in person, if you met all of us in person, uh-huh. Uh-huh. we're like this. The people that uh-huh. aren't like this, you can tell a mile away by the speech patterns. You're like, you're weird. You're really weird, but not in the good kind. Yep. You're lovely, you're smart, but you're fronting a bit too much. The thing that I, the thing I love about the videos, especially with Facebook, I go over this over and over and again. And I tell people we use an eighteen thousand year technique or a twenty seven thousand year technique or whatever. The more that we keep on talking, like we'll just build rapport and relationship. I wish I knew how to write copy that would get people to read that whole thing. But even if people drop off two minutes into this interview, five minutes, what's great is they spend like right here sixty four minutes with someone. There's two voices in their ear to help build a relationship. Cause it's good content. And one of my, one of the things that I love, like the agency stuff's cool, but you know, I have a, we have a full service ad agency, a bunch of employees in Nebraska now, you know, fast forward 10 years later or seven years later. Um, and, uh, there's nothing more rewarding than when someone walks up and they're like, Oh my God, I heard you on this interview. And then I checked out your stuff. And then I implemented this one idea. And I got to tell you, our business really started to take off. I bought this car. We got this office. I ended up getting married. Holy shit. I just wanted to give you a hug. And I'm like, uh, the power of information and what we can do to really help some people. I really love it. Running someone else's business and ads, eh, saying, hey, dude, you helped change my life by one or two ideas. I love that stuff. Oh, yeah. No, my personal favorites are those stories. Or like um, my house is about to be foreclosed on. I implemented this. Or what do I do? Ad company. Yeah. Yep. I turned it around and I was like, oh, fuck. But yeah, anyway, guys, go check out uh, smag2.com or smag2.com. There is a shit ton of links. I'm not going to rattle them all off. Like, they're going to be in the show notes on the site on adelmarcy.com forward slash podcast dash cuts dash Mally. So M-A-L-Y. You'll see it all on there. Check it out. Dude, it's been a fucking pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I hope you had a blast. Yeah, absolutely. This stuff's fun. I really like it. All right, guys. I will see you on the next episode. Peace out. See you guys.